Welcome back to the NBA Fan Podcast. Uh, we are doing our preview edition. This is episode two of our 2018-2019 NBA preview. So if you haven't caught episode one yet, go ahead, hit pause, go back to episode one, listen to us talk about the teams, listen to Randosso talk about how he thinks the Spurs are going to be the two seed in the West and laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, today is episode two. We're going to be talking about the players. Who do we think are the best players? heading into this season. Uh, So I want to give you some parameters here. What we're going to do, um, first of all, what we did is we broke down who we think are the top five at each position. We're going to fly through that pretty fast because the ultimate goal of this podcast is to talk about who we think are the top 10 players overall going into the 2018-2019 season. So some things to keep in mind. some players, uh, some of your favorite players you may hear are a little bit lower than normal. It's probably because they have injuries going into this season. We're going to make sure we kind of give you that context as we go. Um, but a lot of this just comes down to it's not situational. It's not like, oh, LeBron's better because he's with the Lakers, whatever it may be. It's, hey, if you're starting a team today, who are the 10 players in order that you would want to start your team with? Um, so that's kind of how we view it. Um, with that in mind, we're going uh, to gonna go through our top five at each position first. Because uh, we want to be able to give a shout out to some of these players that they're not top ten yet, but they're uh, they're kind of on their way up as well. But Chris, welcome, welcome back. Uh, you ready for this? Uh, I'm ready. I'm very excited. I love that qualification. You need a qualification like that. Um, some of the ways that I was also understanding this is uh, who do we think at the end of next season will we look back and say these are the best players? So there's a little bit of a predictive quality to it just a little bit still it's not situational and then secondly um, one of the things that I really wanted you and I to agree on is how you would um, categorize these players a lot of players play multiple positions that's the NBA we're in yeah and so I think you and I aligned on you know whenever there was a discrepancy um, so you might have a question about if a player is a shooting a small forward versus a shooting guard right and so just go with us on our where we put our positions and, yeah and, you know. and keep in mind too that that's really only going to affect our top five at each position correct it's not when we get to the top 10 it's it's really regardless of position great um, well let's start with shooting guards or sorry let's start with point guards I was gonna say fine that's fine sorry yeah, I had them uh, in the bottom of my list um, let's start with point guards um, I'm gonna right. kick this off with my number one yeah and I'm wearing his jersey right now, freaking Steph Curry. Yeah. Number one point guard. I I actually think he's still underrated <laughs> just because of his size. Um, and uh, I just think he is incredible, the best point guard. If I had to pick any point guard in the last probably 10, 15 years, I would pick Steph Curry. Uh, shocking. Uh, no, uh, I agree with like 90% of what you just said, um, even though you're wearing a Steph Curry jersey right now. Uh, I, Curry's also my number one. Um, I think that his, his combination of, you know, just everything he brings to the table, I think he, he's, he has to be the first point guard uh, off your board. Um, I, there's two things that I want to push back on there. One is the misconception about his size. He's 6'3", 205 pounds. He has plenty of size for the NBA point guard position. Um, he, uh, uh, he was scrawny coming into the league, so maybe that's what you're alluding to. He's not really scrawny now. I, obviously, his athleticism is not that of somebody like Russell Westbrook, but he, he's fine. Like he's, I saw a video of him dunking like, uh, this summer. Exa- so. like he's, 
this, this idea that he's not athletic is is ridiculous. Agreed. Uh, especially when you add the fact that he's either the first or second best ball handler in the NBA as well. It doesn't really matter what his athleticism level is. Look, I'm not saying um, I think he's too small. I think other people think he's where too small. I, where I will push back is when you say he's the best point guard in the last 10 to 15 years. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, in my mind, I know we want to move pretty quickly through this. He's he's definite number one. Great. Um, in fact, why don't we just do this? Especially since we want to spend more time on the top ten. Why don't I just give you my five? You great. give me your five. If we need to talk about anything, that's great. And then we'll shift to the next position. So I go Curry at number one, Russell Westbrook at number two, uh, CP three, Chris Paul at number three. He's basically only third instead of second or first because of his injuries and because he's, you know, we're specifically talking about the 2018-2019 season. Um, uh, spoiler alert: He is who I think is the best point guard of the last ten to fifteen years. Um, my number four is Kyrie, and my number five is Damian Lillard. So I've got the same five as you, just in a different order. Steph Curry at one, Kyrie at two. Wow. That was really hard. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Russell at three, Dame at four, and Chris Paul at five. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I think as long as you have those five guys. To me, there are, in my opinion, when they're all healthy, there are four point guards that are elite that are ahead of everybody else, and that would be Curry, Westbrook, CP3, and Kyrie. Then I think you've got a second tier of guys like Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, um, you know, a few others that that are a step below that. And then you have one guy, or John Wall would be in that group as well. You have one guy in Damian Lillard who I think is kind of in between, and that's why he's my number five. He's sometimes he feels like he's good enough to be in that top tier. Sometimes he feels like he's absolutely not um, because of his efficiency. So, but that's my five. Um, shooting guards, uh, this was a little bit more difficult. Um, this was really, so really tough. So I, I would love to hear, just go ahead and list your five, and then I'll list mine. I've got James Harden at number one, Clay Thompson number two, Jimmy Butler number three, DeMar DeRozan four, and Bradley Beal five. Wow. So we talked a little bit about who plays what position, and I think two of the ones that we discussed a lot were DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler, who can kind of play the two or the three. The reason why I wowed there is, well, I'll just give you my list. Uh, James Harden, Clay Thompson, Victor Oladipo, who I can't believe you left off your list. Um, DeMar, I, I had I, him at point guard, that's why. And then DeMar DeRozan, um, DeMar DeRozan and Devin Booker is my, is my fifth. I think I might have forgotten to move him over to shooting guard. I would totally put Victor Oladipo as better than Bradley Beal. So... Yeah. Yeah. I'll, we'll just call it audible there and swap them out. I didn't yeah. want to include Bradley Beal anyway. Yeah, my heart, my hardest decision was: is it Devin Booker? Or is it Bradley Beal? I don't think that highly of either of them, but the shooting guard position is kind of is kind of uh, weak. Also, Jimmy Butler for Jimmy Butler fans out there, I have him at small forward, so don't worry, he'll make an appearance. Dang it, so. got it. So we didn't fully align, but which is fine. Like great. they they switch off. It's fine. Like it's yeah. okay. Great. Um, small forwards. Small forward, so this was the stacked category. Yeah. LeBron, one. Kevin Durant, two. Giannis, three. Kawhi, four. Paul George, five. So that was the original list that I had as well. And then once I decided to put Jimmy Butler at three, I put him ahead of Paul George. Um, so Paul George doesn't make my list. He's number six. That's fair. Otherwise, I, I would almost consider those two guys the same player in the NBA. Yeah, they're very <laughs> close. I think Butler is slightly better. Um, but but yeah, I, and another interesting thing that I didn't even think about until I started kind of doing some research for this, uh, Giannis played at power forward a lot for the Bucks. I consider him more of a small forward. Um, I'm not against if you know if you're making these lists at home. I'm not against you putting Giannis at power forward. I think it, you know, he's how tall is he? He's like <laughs> seven feet tall, but he's he's such a fluid player, a positionless player that 
Because I mean, he brings the ball up for the Bucks all the time. So like, you could you could essentially rank him at any spot, just like you could rank LeBron basically at any spot right. too. Ben Simmons um, is, is a tough one. Ben he's Simmons a, a was really guard. hard to keep out. Yeah, he's a point guard in my opinion, right? Yeah, I I consider him small, you know, quote unquote small forward. But he was hard. To, he's not. He didn't make any of my list, but he's hard to keep out. I think it it won't be long. We could be having this show a year from now, and we're we're including him. So great um, power forwards. I go. Anthony Davis, uh, Porzingis, please be healthy. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, Draymond, ugh, and Blake Griffin are my my five. So I didn't include Porzingis, but I'm not including him under the presumption that he's not playing. If he's playing, I 100% would put him there. So to me, my list for this year is Anthony Davis, Lamarcus Aldridge, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, and Blake Griffin. Yeah, Kevin um, Love's a nice addition to that. I think he is – I don't think he's been having his best seasons yeah. recently. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to have a great season. Um, I'm I'm not ready yeah. I'm not ready to put him in my top five yet, but I'm very intrigued to see what he does for an abysmal Cavs team. Yep. Um, all right, your centers. The hardest category. Oh, I went back and forth on this so many times. Yeah, it's a tough one. I almost feel like you've got five people that are incrementally – better than each other and none of them to me stood out so that being said carl anthony towns at one i almost didn't include him and then he ended up after i tried to do as much research as i could put him at number one Jokic at number two wow and beat at three drummond at four and go bear at five wow is so no cousins because he's injured correct okay okay no cousins because i'm not expecting him to play until after the all-star so i i probably I feel like in my top ten, I was thinking about injuries. In my top fives, I, I like wasn't as much. Um, so I I also have Carl Anthony Towns as number one. Um, I will say I so I, I actually ask if you're friends with me on Facebook. Look where I did a Facebook post where I was asking what people's top tens were. There were so many people that there we we got in a really big discussion about Carl Anthony Towns. Um, we'll talk more about that when we get into the top ten. But I do have him as my number one. I have Joel Embiid as my number two. Um, DeMarcus Cousins is my number three. Jokic as my number four. I also just want to hit pause here. If you're a casual NBA fan and you're listening to our podcast for the first time or you've listened to it a little bit and you haven't heard us talk about Nikola Jokic yet, uh, go to YouTube, search Jokic, J-O-K-I-C. He plays for the Denver Nuggets, which is why you've never heard of them because they're never on TV. Um, Watch him play and then come back and keep listening to this podcast. To me, Jokic is maybe the best-kept secret in the NBA. Nobody knows about him. The guy put up like 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists last year. He's the best passing big man in the NBA. Um, he, he can shoot threes. He can do everything. Watch Jokic play. He's amazing. Yeah, Jokic almost was my number one center because I think he provides a lot more defense than Carl Anthony Towns. He is just a little bit less in points, a little bit less in rebounds, but dominates in the assist category. So he's, it's yeah. close. For yeah, sure. I, I still think of him as the fourth best. I So uh, one thing that you convinced me to do is I put Drummond as my five. You, you were talking to me a lot about Andre Drummond. The more I thought about it, I did put him as five. But I think there are guys like Clint Capella and Gobert who are – you know, not as good offensively, but they're very good defensively. Hassan Whiteside is another one as well. There's just a ton of depth at the center position in the NBA. If you say Dwight Howard, I'll slap you. Um, but I didn't you know, say I, I didn't know, put him. I, I didn't put him in there. I was talking to the listener. I'll slap oh, you great. through the microphone <laughs> if you say Dwight Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard. That's um, right. But yeah, so that's my five uh, centers. 
Um, Steven Adams also didn't make that. That's list. true. Steven I think Adams he's close. He's good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. He's so I also good. think you know both of us put Lamarcus Aldridge at power forward. I think Lamarcus could be considered a center at this point in his career sometimes too. Marcus Gasol is another guy. He's going to be leading my Memphis Grizzlies into the playoffs. <laughs> into the playoffs. I mean, Marcus Gasol is really really good. He is. Um, so there's the center position. It's so funny because the NBA in the last ten years has shifted to this like small ball type of thing. And then all of a sudden we have all these centers that are like amazing, and it kind of feels like the the center position is is seeing a you know a revolution. Um, so one thing exciting. I wanted to really quick say about Carl Anthony Towns, why I think he's the number one, he shoots forty two percent from the three point line, yeah. and he shoot he's not just shooting one a game, yeah. he's shooting it eighty five percent from the free throw line yeah and think about how many centers are handicapped by free throws in my opinion so in my opinion Carl Anthony Downs is not only the best offensive big man center in the league right now he might be one of the best of all time and even at That's his young age even at his young age just his ability to score from from anywhere and just pure shooting um, the biggest thing that people hold against him that I have found too one is that he had a pretty big statistical drop from his second year in the league when he averaged 25 and like 13 to last year. He dropped like four or five points per game. The second is that he doesn't play very good defense. Um, the reason he dropped off in stats is because they had a new coach and they also added Jimmy Butler and they also added the notorious black hole Derrick Rose. Um, and so he literally, he shot better. All of his shooting stats and everything went up for Carl Anthony Towns. His efficiency went up. He shot the ball five less times per game because he got the ball five less times per game. So if if Minnesota will give him the ball, he will put up huge numbers. And as give far him as the de- ball, Minnesota, just give it to him. As far as defensively, he's definitely lags behind people like Joel Embiid, Gobert, Capella, but he also plays for a team full of terrible defensive players, other than Jimmy Butler. So. Uh, part of it is a scheme issue. Um, I think he's getting better. But anyway, so that's my defense of Carl Anthony Towns. But let's talk about our top ten players. Um, I, you want to start at ten and then work our way, work our way up. Uh, yeah, I think either way we go is going to be up for debate. There's no easy, there's nothing easy in this list. Great, in my opinion. All right, top ten players heading into the 2018-2019 season. Your tenth player, go. This is going to fit my hot take from uh, our, our part one, LaMarcus Aldridge, Great. number 10. Um, I think, I like, if you had said this, if I had done no research and you said that, I, I probably would have passed out. Um, <laughs> but, but having done research and seeing the season that LaMarcus had last year, I understand where you're coming from with that. I don't think he's going to have that kind of season again this year, which is what keeps him out of my top 10, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that that's fine. If he's not in your top 10, he should be in your next three out, yeah. basically. Yeah. he's. I would I would consider him a top 20 player right now, which two years ago I wouldn't have considered him that. So he's he's really had a resurgence, um, and we'll see. At he's, he's like 32 or 33 years old. He we'll is, see if he can continue that. He is that. old. He is old. That's, uh-huh. that's the only hesitation, but I think he's still rocking it. So my number ten, my number ten, based on our conversation that we just had, is Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I, you know, I mentioned what I think of him as as a player. I think he's going to continue to get better. Um, I hope that he has a better season this year and gets the ball more and has improved defensively. We'll see. I have Minnesota. If you listen to our first, you know, our part one, I've got Minnesota as my sixth seed in the West. A lot of that hinges upon Carl Anthony Towns, you know, living up to being a top ten player in the NBA. So. Agreed. Number nine, 
Russell Westbrook. Okay. Uh, definitely think he's a top 10 player. Um, I think he's in a tough spot for making the all-star game or all-NBA just because he's got you know Steph Curry above him in the West. And for all-NBA, you've got – I think there are two better point guards than him. Um, I still think he's top 10. I think he's an incredible player. There's, He's probably the most athletic player in the NBA. Um, he might not have the best shooting percentage, but he's a damn good scorer and, yeah. and a really good player. Yeah, I think uh, – so I actually – it's going to – let me just preface this by saying that I actually have Westbrook higher than you. He's not my nine. We'll talk about that in a second. I still think he's the most overrated player in the NBA, um, which is funny because I still think he's a top 10 player. The effect that he has that to lead towards winning, I think, is what's overrated about him. Um, he is maybe the most fun player to watch in the NBA. So fun. Um, Gosh. Uh, and his athleticism, and also just his passion, his passion for the game. I like. I never question his passion, his intensity, his work ethic. I question his decision making. Uh, I question his mental acuity sometimes. Um, but you know, his efficiency is very, very poor. Um, but he is just—he's uh, incredibly fun to watch. And um, so, anyways, my my nine is. Uh, this is where you and I differ on point guards a little bit. My nine is Kyrie. Um, I think for for Kyrie, he uh, he needs to be healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. He needs to he needs to prove. You know, he's proven that he can he can be a championship point guard. He's proven that when he's healthy and a hundred percent, he can honestly he can go toe to toe with Steph Curry when he's one hundred percent. He does a lot of the same things that he's probably the closest thing to what Steph Curry does in the NBA as far as creating three point shots off the dribble. Uh, and they're very similar players. Um, they're the top two ball handlers in the NBA as well. So he's proven when he's healthy, he can go toe-to-toe with the best. Um, he needs to be healthy this year, and I want to see him in the playoffs with the Celtics. I I picked the Celtics to go to the finals against the Warriors, in which case we would get to see Kyrie versus Steph again, which would be great. That would be awesome. Um, but for now, he's my he's my... Uh, number nine. Now, un- Uncle Drew, I have higher. That's but right. <laughs> Kyrie is not. Uh, he's my number eight. So, enough said there for me. Who's your number eight? My number eight is Kawhi. Um, I think that two years ago, Kawhi was the second or third best player in the NBA. Obviously, he hasn't played for a while. He has been uh, not only physically, but also seemingly emotionally and mentally having some issues. Um, he's getting a fresh start in Canada, of all places. Uh, with the Toronto Raptors, um, I think he has a chance. You know, maybe we do a list like this at the end of the season as well, or I hope we come back and look at these lists. He may be a lot higher, um, but for now, I have Kawhi as an eight, um, but with the caveat that he could sh- move up a ton. Who's your? Uh, go ahead. And who's your seven? Uh, my seven is Westbrook. Okay. So we we talked about Westbrook before. I kind of gave my thoughts about him. Great. Uh, he's and, my seven. And seven is for me, Kawhi. There you go. So I think you and I agree. I, I would bet a lot of money that our top six are the same. Probably, yeah. Uh, at least of the six, maybe not in the same order. Um, and that was a point for me. It, this, the first six <clears throat> were easy. I think there's a, a clear break. The order wasn't easy. No. But the, I yeah. think the top six is easy um, in that Kawhi, Kyrie, Russell, Every, all of them, you could even throw LaMarcus and Carl Anthony Towns in, in the same category. They're just a slight tier below. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this next tier of who is our current superstars, yeah. our best players in the NBA. One thing I want to say really quickly, um, 
you know, Kyrie made my top 10, even though I have Chris Paul ranked higher than him on point guard. So I just want to make a point about that, too. Uh, a lot of this has to do with forecasting to next year. Uh, Chris Paul is getting older. Um, I don't I don't think he's going to be able to be at 100% the whole season. When Chris Paul's 100% and when he was in his prime, I think he was the best pure point guard of the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, we've had this discussion before. It's one of my hot takes. Um, he's not the same Chris Paul now that he was then. He's still fantastic, but that's why I rank him ahead of Kyrie, but I in top in top five point guards, but Kyrie makes my top ten. So. Yeah, and this point guard issue is you've got a Kyrie who needs to be healthy. You've got a Chris Paul who needs to be healthy, but he's got like ten years on Kyrie. Yeah. So um, all right, so in the top tier of superstars, there's not a bad spot on this list of the top six. For me, six, James Harden. Okay. Uh, MVP last year um, really had continued to rise, 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 and I not necessarily think he's going to be worse this year. I just think the other players on this list are either better players or are going to have better seasons. Yeah. So he could stay at the exact same superstar level and still be at six for me. Yeah. Um, I think there's uh, – maybe you're still being tinted a little bit by the end of the season with him. Um, I've got Giannis at six. Um, I am a, Giannis at five. I'm a massive Giannis fan, obviously. I think he I think he will win an MVP at some point in his career. He's so young. He's gotten better. He's gotten like remarkably better every single year. And if he's gonna if he continues that trend this year, then he's not six. He's like three, maybe. I don't think he will see that big of a jump again. Um, but he's he there's really nothing that he can't do. His biggest you know area of improvement is gonna be decision making and three-point shooting, I'm confident, unlike somebody like Ben Simmons, who I'm not confident will ever be able to add an effective jump shot because he also can't shoot free throws, Giannis is a solid free throw shooter. Uh, I think, and he has a nice form, I think he's going to be able to add a jump shot. And honestly, if Giannis is ever able to shoot you know, above 37 or 38% from three, I think he becomes the best player in the NBA. It's going to take time for him to do that, but there's no other weakness in his game. And if he adds a jump shot that people have to you know, take seriously, then I, and I, we already know like his work ethic and his size. I mean, there's never been a player like him. Um, so if he had the jump shot, I mean, sky's the limit. But so, for now, so yeah. let me just get this clear. Okay. Just, yeah. just so we're, everyone's on the same page. If you had to start a team right now yes, for just one season, right. And you had to choose to start with James Harden or Giannis, you'd choose James Harden. This season, yes. Just this season. Yeah, just for James Harden, season. absolutely. All right, yeah. just so we're clear. Yeah. I would choose Giannis. I, well, I figured. Yeah, <laughs> since Giannis is your five. That's right. Uh, so uh, who's your five? Um, do you want to talk about Giannis a little bit, or have you already kind of – maybe you've just kind of said what – No, no, no. You, you, I, you, um, I think you're right. I think he's got an MVP in his future. I think he's only getting better. Yeah. I think he's got – you know, I know situationally, I think that his situation is improving, which is yeah. just – it's not that he's just going to have better stats because of that. I think it's going to, um, you know, unleash his continue to unleash his yeah. potential. That's that's so why I think he's. I'll fine. get into this a little bit more when I talk about James Harden. But one of the reasons I I have James Harden higher is because it's a guards league, and I think guards are ultimately more valuable still right now than big men, um, which is why my number five is Anthony Davis. Um, we talked about this earlier, and I I want to pause on this for a second. Um, I had no idea how good Anthony Davis has already been, and especially his last two seasons. But even in his, he's played six seasons so far. Um, 
if you compare his first six seasons to the first six seasons of players like Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Chris Webber, Charles Barkley, the best power forwards in the history of the game, he is ahead of most of them, other other than maybe Tim Duncan. Um, and if you and then I even looked at like I compared Davis's numbers from last season, and this is you know if you follow us on Twitter, you saw where Chris shared this, but I compared. His, his season last year to the MVP seasons of Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, and it is comparable, Yeah, like what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, next season he's the man again. There's no DeMarcus Cousins. He's got a good group around him. He has a good coach. Um, the, to me, the sky is the limit for Anthony Davis. There's nothing that he can't do on the basketball court. He, he has no perceivable weaknesses to me. Um, and so uh, in, in, I'm probably making it sound like he should be my number one, I still think ultimately it's a guards league, and when you look at the four players that I have ahead of him, I think it'll make sense. But he's going to be an MVP at some point. We mentioned it in part one, maybe you know, or maybe we mentioned it just earlier in this one. But like maybe next year is the year for him to win MVP. I don't know, but you know, in a few years when some of these guys like LeBron and Curry and you know even Harden and Westbrook and KD are kind of shifting out of the league. Guys like Anthony Davis and Giannis are going to be the face, and I, I can't wait because, um, I mean, he's he's absolutely spectacular. Yeah, 28 points a game, and I think he could easily be scoring title next year. Um, I think he probably has the easiest route to being the leading scorer. So yeah. that, now that's not everything. I would like to see his assists improve. He only had 2.3 assists last year. Yeah. That's not to say he can't pass. That might say something more about his team. Yeah. Um, that's so. to me the biggest weakness of the Pelicans right now is that they don't have a lot of three point shooting. That's where most assists from big men come from, unless you're uh, Nikola Jokic and you're just making incredible passes all over in the half court. But uh, so I, I think that's one part of the problem. But but yeah, I agree. I think he could. I you know when you first said that, I was thinking, oh, it'll probably be James Harden again with Carmelo on his team. Maybe it won't be James Harden again. <laughs> I don't know. But. Um, so who's your number four? So four was Anthony Davis. Great. I kind of talked about him. So speaking of James Harden, he's my number four. I just I don't have any complaints about him from last year. I really don't. You know, they went seven games with the Warriors. Chris Paul was hurt. I, I just, I can't, you know, in the past, I've definitely been critical of, of Harden's defense. I've been critical of him not showing up in playoff games. I, I don't have a criticism of him last year. I, I would love to see him shoot a little bit of a higher percentage in a couple of areas. But with the volume of shots that he takes... His ball handling ability, I think, I mean, his passing ability is so good. Um, he's improved as a defender. You know, again, he's not in my top three, but I think he's worthy of the number four spot still. And I think until further notice, I think he's the MVP favorite. I still think he is. Um, Repeat. But I think he can, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Yeah, but, the, the undisputed best one-on-one player, uh, maybe the best play of the year with his stare, stare down. Yeah. James Harden is is incredible. To me, he might be one of the best, one of the, one of the most fun players to watch. Yeah, I still think if you're talking about one on one players, Kyrie's up there too. But I, yeah, Harden is. You know, he's he's spectacular. Scoring um, champion last year, right? Scoring, I, champion. scoring champion. I still say, oh, this gets OKC fans riled up. I still think they should have traded Westbrook or let Westbrook go way back when and kept Harden. But I think you would. I think had they done that, I think they would have a ring right now, and I think Kevin Durant would still be a Thunder player. But all that aside, um, Harden, yeah, big fan. Um, Why doesn't KD just four. go play with uh, Houston? Get a ring with 
get a ring with Harden. You well, think he would fit that system? Well, the thing about KD, well, KD fits any system. We'll talk about him in a second. But he's also like, why would you go to Houston when you could go to the Warriors and take the easy way out? I mean, that's just, you know. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, my number three is Steph Curry. Uh, Steph Curry is my number three. Uh, he, this is, this is, <clears throat> this is big, big movement for me. Uh, I think, you know, we've, we've discussed this before. I've gone back and forth on Steph Curry. I think uh, in studying him the last four years, what he's done, the biggest things that stand out to me about Steph Curry um, are really two things. Number one is his efficiency. So you've got a guy who's a volume shooter, um, who's known for taking three-point shots off the dribble, which is absurd and should never be done. But he does it, and he makes them. He converts them at an extraordinarily high level. Um, and so his this is a guy who almost who almost multiple times has either nearly or has done the seemingly impossible 50, 40, 90 uh, shooting percentages, which is 50% from the floor, 40% from three, 90% from the line. Last year he went 49, I think 43, and 90-something from the line, so he was very close to doing yeah. it. 49, <clears throat> five. So you could round yeah, up. You could, yeah. Forty-two and ninety-two. Yeah. So that's ridiculous. Absurd. Um, and and that's to me that's what set one of the things that separates Curry is how well he shoots on the floor. He takes, uh, in in some instances, it's just taking smart shots. It's getting layups. Part of that is a result of the amount of talent that he plays around as well. But it's his his, yeah. It just his efficiency is is remarkable. The other part of efficiency for me, though, is also turnovers. This is a guy who handles the ball a ton, doesn't turn the ball over. He had like two turnovers a game last year, which is crazy. Guys like James Harden and Russell Westbrook, who have the ball in their hand just as much, turn the ball over four or five times a game. Um, And so for him to not turn the ball over is, I think, huge. And it's a way that he's improved, too, because he did... He, he does like to be flashy, and he's had some times where he's had some, you know, I think about the 2016 finals, he had some really bad turnovers that cost the Warriors, um, but I think he's matured. Um, so, yeah, he's my number three. He's my number three player going into the season. So you're speaking my language there. Love everything you're saying. He's my two. And I just, to what I will add to the conversation, to me, what's what jumps him up a little bit, it's because everything of what you're saying is true. Um, two things that stick out to me are, um, one, the effect he has on the game when he's not in the play. So when you watch a team like the Warriors uh, and you watch the attention that a defense has to pay to him, to me, uh, that sets him apart. And then the second thing is when, when he went down last year, you saw what the Warriors looked like without him, and it was not the same team. And... I think he is what makes that team go. Now, the the players around him make this a really tough thing to say. It's a virtuous cycle. So mm. the fact that you have someone who's a better three-point shooter and shoots almost as much, Clay Thompson, um, to his right and Kevin Durant to his left, you know, who's to say that he's not better because he's got all the talent around him? To me, I think it starts with him. I think that there's this intangible quality of um, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that puts him to me at number two um, and drops Kevin Durant, his teammate, to me down to three. Yeah, I, I have Kevin Durant at two, it's so really, I'll, I'll talk really about hard, him a little really bit. really hard um, to say. I, uh, I, I mean, I appreciate everything you're saying. I think everything you're saying is true. I just think it's also true for Kevin Durant. I think he does all those things too. 
Uh, let me be clear that as somebody who used to live in Oklahoma City, um, I don't like Kevin Durant. Let me just be let me just be clear. I don't like Kevin Durant as a person. Um, do you like Steph Curry? I don't. As a I do like Steph Curry as a person. I, uh, I don't like Kevin Durant. I don't think he's a good person. I don't like him as a person. I think he's petty. Uh, I think he's immature. Oftentimes, um, I also think he's the best scorer I've ever seen, maybe in the history of the NBA. Um, it, I don't see any weaknesses in his game. Um, the only reason I have him behind LeBron is because LeBron is the greatest player of all time, and we'll get into that as well. But I watch Kevin Durant play. And I've never seen someone that's a better scorer than Kevin Durant. Um, it, you know, you talked about Steph Curry. You know, defenses having to know where he is. Obviously, defenses have to know where Kevin Durant is too. You also spoke about oh, when Steph Curry doesn't play, whether he's hurt or he's on the bench, or whatever, it changes the team. Um, I would argue that when Kevin Durant doesn't play, it changes the team even more. Not because with Steph, it's more about his leadership. Um, the leadership that he provides to that team, if he's not on that team, they're not as good of a team because of the leadership that he provides. Kevin Durant provides no leadership. Kevin Durant is not a leader. Um, but what Kevin Durant does provide that the Warriors don't really have without him is a guy that can create his own shot from anywhere. Their half-court offense is... Literally, literally anywhere. Yeah, their half-court offense is... Not horrible, obviously, but it is so much worse if Kevin Durant is not playing. He is what makes this team next level. You know, we talk about the Warriors being unbeatable. We talk about the Warriors being this amazing team. Um, They were a great team when they went to the finals in 15 and when they went to the finals in 16. I don't consider them a dynasty or the greatest team of all time or any of those things until they get Kevin Durant. Um, And I also look at another thing that separates is if you were to put Steph Curry on the worst team in the NBA, or if you were to put Kevin Durant on the worst team in the NBA, who's going to play better? I think Steph Curry's still going to play great, but I think Kevin Durant is more valuable in that situation. Um, and so, it's again, it's close. It's it, Let me be just adamantly clear about how much more I like Steph Curry as a person, um, but I just I can't deny how good Kevin Durant is. So I think Especially it's a, at his size. I think it's a really fair argument. I think any man that is forced to decide between the two is put in a tough position. Yeah. Um, I think probably where it just comes down to it is you and I valuing a few things over other things. Something we didn't even talk about is Kevin Durant's defensive effect on a right. game, which in my opinion is more valuable than Steph Curry's. Defensively, I, I, he can guard anybody. Again, and this is like, what, I go back to what I say. I know I, t- I said Anthony Davis has no weaknesses. Kevin Durant also has no weaknesses. And also his strengths are stronger. His strengths, <laughs> like, yes. And they're like the same size. You know, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. We don't talk about him enough because he plays on the best team in basketball, um, which he likes. That's why he went there is so we would stop talking about him. But he's like, there's just nobody like him. And I'm not sure there's ever been anybody like him. Yeah, to me, the, the two things I, I want to rebuttal and then we can move on is one, I value that leadership quality. If I'm starting a team right now, for one year, and I have to, to pick between Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, I pick Steph Curry. Um, that is the, to me, that's the measure, yeah. and you pick Kevin Durant, and that's fine. We disagree. We both agreed on, it seems, 95%, and there's a 5% difference that nudges one over the other. So um, so lastly, we both agree. My number one is Dwight Howard. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Same person, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, LeBron James won me over as the GOAT last yeah. year. He, what he did in the playoffs, what he did in the regular season, 
how he took his game to the next level Mm -hmm. from being arguably, I think you would argue, MVP quality every year, probably should be getting more. Best player in the world for, you know. How long? A long Um, time, yeah. He changed the game of basketball from the day he entered the NBA. Um, but, But just this season, you look at just this year, He's not getting worse. Um, yeah, he is uh, scoring. He he's almost averaging a triple double. Last year, twenty seven points a game, uh, eight assists, or sorry, eight rebounds, nine assists. Mm-hmm. That's insane. On great percentages. Great percentage. Yeah, sixty one percent efficient or what is that? Effective field goal percentage. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is that for people that don't know, it's an advanced stat. That's kind of like a combination of. Free throw shooting, field goal shooting, and three-point shooting. Amazing. So to me, um, that's why I put the Lake. That's why the Lakers are making the playoffs for me. Mm-hmm. Is just is just him. Mm-hmm. I don't see how he is not worth, you know, however many. What does it take to to make it in the West? Forty-eight games, fifty games, yeah. you know, wins. Um, he is. I agree with you, Trent. I've been talking with you for the last year about this. And you have both, not, not just you have convinced me, but he has convinced me. I've watched him closer than I've ever watched him last year. And there is nobody that has the same effect on a game, offensively, defensively, leadership, yeah. you name it. He makes other players better. I would start with him. Yeah, I mean, I obviously totally agree. I, I think the LeBron has kind of had three distinct stages of his career. You know, he had, um, you know, best young player in the world when he was in Cleveland his early years. Um, A guy who, like you said, was a game changer, changed the culture of the NBA. Um, Nobody considered him the greatest player of all time. A lot of that had to do with how early he was in his career. He didn't have any rings yet. Um, But there was also some holes in his game, too, that he could kind of he could kind of paste over with his athleticism. Um, Then he went to Miami. And I think that's when he became kind of the best player in the league you know he kind of took the mantle from Kobe at that point um I still didn't consider him the greatest of all time when he was in Miami it wasn't until he came back to Cleveland and he entered what you would you would imagine to be kind of the twilight the autumn of his career if you will um you know he's 30 years old his first season in Cleveland uh and he each year in Cleveland he's gotten better um and he's to me, that is what has separated him and made him the greatest of all time, in my mind. Um, just to see him, like, literally in every statistical category, get better every single year. I mean, so his first season, his first season in Cleveland as a 30 year old, in his, what, you know, 10th season. Coming yeah, back to Cleveland. His first season coming back to Cleveland, it's like his. 10th season or 12th season in the NBA, something like that. He goes as a 30 year old, he goes for 25, seven and a half, uh, no, excuse me, 25, six, and seven and a half assists. That's remarkable as a 30 year old. I don't think to come in. He was 30. I think he was. was. No, I'm looking at it. He was 30. And then, so he played four seasons in Cleveland coming back. So he's 30. He goes for 25, seven and a half, or six rebounds, seven and a half assists, takes a crappy team to the finals. Uh, remarkable for for a 30-year-old in his 12th season. Next season, 31 years old, goes for 25 again, 
goes for seven and a half rebounds and seven assists. Again, even better the next year. They go to the finals again. They win the championship against arguably the best team, maybe the best team in the history of the NBA, or with, one of them. Without one Kevin Durant. Without Kevin Durant. The, record-wise, the best record team wise, in the NBA. They won 73 games um, without him. Next season, 32 years old, averages 26.5 points a game, and 8.5 rebounds and 9 assists. What I mean, even better. Even better. Yeah. And he just uh, keeps getting better. <clears throat> Last season, 28 points a game, almost 9 rebounds, 9 assists. All of his percentages are better across the board. Um, and he did that on a terrible team. I mean, Terrible like, team. The no Kyrie. Yeah. Way worse. Way worse. So it, he's, he continues to get better. I don't know when this stops. Like, when when does – I mean, how, how many times can he continue to get better? It's going to look different on the, this Lakers team, so I imagine his numbers will go down a little bit just because it's a new team and he's trying to uh, – you might see his assist numbers continue to stay where they were just as he tries to get people involved because that's kind of his go-to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how long this continues. And, but And he should have won game one of the finals. Like, that, that, that was a fluke. That they did not win, and then what happens? Maybe he doesn't break his wrist. Maybe they yeah. go. Maybe they win too. I mean, they literally could have. They weren't going to win the one. series, but they yes, they could have not been swept. Yeah. So, I love that he went to the West. I am so in love with that decision to go to a team that is maybe even worse than his Cleveland team. Probably not worse than his Cleveland team, um, but still bad. And in a uh, conference where making the playoffs is no easy task. And I can't wait to see what he does. It's going to be great to see a different side of him come out just because he's put into a slightly different environment. Yeah. So. They might be playing him at center is what we've been told. <laughs> so No, they've got a... We'll see. They've got what's-his-name, a tall guy from... Golden State, who had a statistically great year. I mean, I think JaVale McGee. JaVel McGee. We didn't talk about him in best centers in the league, but uh, there's a reason. He's better than I still think he's underrated. I think you underrate him, Trent. I'll yeah. say that. I, I don't know about the, the bigger audience, but JaVel McGee, you've heard it right here. Uh, it's gonna be great. Have you ever watched Shacting a Fool? I have, of course I've watched him. <laughs> of course I've watched him. Um, so that's our list. Do you want to run your top ten real quick, right, right down the list? Yeah, so again, just to be clear, the official top ten best players is un, unarguable. <laughs> uh, is LeBron, one. Kevin Durant, two. Steph Curry, three. James Harden, four. Anthony Davis, five. Giannis Antetokounmpo, six. Russell Westbrook, seven. Kawhi Leonard, eight. Kyrie Irving, nine. Carl Anthony Towns, ten. And for clarity, my 10 is LeBron James, Steph Curry to Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo at 5, James Harden at 6, Kawhi at 7, Kyrie at 8, Russell Westbrook at 9, and LaMarcus Aldridge at 10. Right outside of that was Carl Anthony Towns, Damian, and, and Jokic for me. But so here's the... Uh, Damian Lillard. Here, here's a question. Maybe we'll poll this for our listeners. What is more shocking to you, Chris having the Spurs as his number two seed in the West or Chris having LaMarcus Aldridge as the 10th best player on the planet? What's, what's more shocking? What's a hotter take? You what, look at his what stats is a, like, You agree. It's his stats What is a were, more scorching hot take? I mean, if you look at just PER, and I know that's not the only category, uh, he was 
20, 20, he had a 25, um, I don't know, point PER. 25. That's, that's top 10 PER. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's more stats than that, but the Spurs were the seven seed last year, two games off the three seed. So, uh, and that's without Kawhi. So to me, he is uh, in the top 10 best players on the planet. Okay. You heard it here. Not ashamed. Yes, you did. Not ashamed. Um, we should have some sort of running bit to compare Carl Anthony Towns and LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that is a really good is going to be a fun comparison this year. Statistically, performance-wise, all of that. I'm I'm betting the farm on LaMarcus Aldridge. Maybe not the farm, maybe a shed or maybe a couple sheep. Yeah. How about that? Uh, anyway, I digress. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, maybe by the time we publish this, we'll have an Instagram and a Facebook. But if not, you can follow Trent on Facebook, on Twitter. He's tkinsey3. Twitter, yep. Uh, I am Sierra and Dazzo90. Uh, and please rate uh, us on iTunes. Subscribe. We would love that. That matters. We can see subscription counts and totals now on iTunes. iTunes finally published that, so um, you can be one of you can be in our top ten subscribers if you subscribe right now. <laughs> uh, There's only ten. That's right. So you'll be in the top ten. No uh, that's right. Um, yeah. Any any last words um, before we part ways, Trent? Yeah. Carl Anthony Downs is way better than Marcus Aldridge. That's those are my last words. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.